about to get soloed in the airplane. Soloed in the air. Okay. What does yep. uh, what does getting soloed involve or, uh, or mean? So getting soloed means that you fly for the last part of your training. You fly the airplane by yourself with no instructor and no passengers. Oh. So that's how do they know you're doing it right if you're by yourself? Great question, right? <laughs> yeah, <it> seems... <laughs> I've asked myself this a lot during this process. I'm yeah. like, okay, clearly this was set up by men. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a great idea. Right. I'll just put them up there and see if right. they land it. Right. If they, All if this, they survive. Like, false bravado. They're like, yeah, we're going to do this thing where we get to a certain point where we think we know how to not crash it and then we're going to go off by ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I love it. If and you survive, if you survive, you're a pilot. Congratulations. Right. Yeah. <laughs> if so. you crash, you you fail. <laughs> right here, I am participating in that. Well, that's that's the world of the patriarchy. It that's is. How it, goes. it is. Yeah. Well, good luck. Thank you. Will we uh, be able to record a podcast from a plane someday? No. Oh. It's much too loud. Well, nobody said it would be a good podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Just like vibration <laughs> around the mic. Yeah, yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah. All right, well, welcome back to Beyond Sunday. With me, as always, is Elise McCarter. Still here, still pretty successful. This is still Pastor David Bowser. <laughs> I always forget to introduce myself. Yeah. And uh, still not with us is still Patrick Nazaroff. We have an starting, empty chair and an empty mic. Empty, yeah. Empty I'm starting to question the commitment here, thinking that maybe he likes his family more than he likes us. Yeah. I'm not I mean, sure how I feel about that. He didn't have that baby. Mm, that's true. So what's he doing? Excellent question. Given the number of <laughs> memes and gifts that I received from him, I'm thinking not much. I know. <laughs> <laughs> a whole lot of that. Yeah. Yeah. Suddenly, has, Patrick has a lot of time to uh, send gifts about right. various topics, right. which are always funny. They are. You know, quality quality gifts. But I'm wondering what's what's happening here. <laughs> he's been texting me about the new season of Ink Master, so he's also oh good okay <laughs> catching up on some time there. Yeah. Yeah. Ink Master and uh, well. Fortunately, he's not texting me about the new season. Of right. Master, so. Are you disappointed? Jealous? Nope. Not okay. at all. No. Yeah. Okay. I'm good with that. All right. But hey, today, uh, let me ask a question. Oh. Have you ever helped someone? No. No. Okay. Well, good. <laughs> the least helpful person. Okay. Here's accurate. a story oh. that I can tell you now, now that we're however many years in <laughs> to this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> when we thought about joining the church, Uh-oh. obviously we did more than think about it because we are in fact members here now. Yeah. Um, you took action, yeah. We <laughs> we had to take like a, it's like some sort of quiz to find out what. You're, do you remember this? Yeah, it was a, a gifts and talents uh, assessment. Yes, yeah. yes. Huh? So I got mine back. I took <laughs> it very seriously. I got mine back. <laughs> the lowest one. <laughs> yeah. The lowest two. They're like a zero score. <laughs> okay. Giving and helping. <laughs> okay. I was like, wow. Not a giver, not a helper. Yeah. And you were like, yeah, that sums it up. Yeah, that sounds about right. You were not surprised at all by I these I could results. have told you yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> I spent a lot of time getting information that I already knew. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but still, it didn't make me feel very like, great about myself and sure, my yeah. levels of charity. I mean, everybody's got to have something that's low. Right. So that's, we can reframe it. It's not that I do not help or give. Yeah, it's the lowest. It's just You're least the, likely to I'm help or give. I'm good at everything, but I'm... Less, less good, good at, that, at right? that yeah yeah if you had your choice you would rather take and not help than you would i'm a consumer yes yeah. at heart <laughs> i don't what's the opposite of not helping take and hinder yeah, yeah. you'd rather take and hinder than you would I give and help. i need to hinder but neutral <laughs> i'd rather get in people's way i'll show <laughs> up to the potluck i might bring rolls sure who doesn't love rolls everybody needs good rolls right stop by the it's kfc also, get a bucket of chicken literally the least effort thing you can bring to the potluck no a bucket of chicken least roll least effort is it yeah i mean most delicious but least effort because rolls you have to think what kind of roll do you want bucket of chicken there's no question you just get the bucket of chicken but you have to decide which restaurant to go to well 
growing up, there was only one option. So, <laughs> what was it in Ohio? KFC? Okay, yeah, it was KFC. KFC. Actually, that's not true. I now remember there was a Lee's famous recipe. Uh, that was another option. It was Who not nobody as good. else has ever heard yeah, of. It yeah. was not as good. Yeah. It was, <laughs> I don't even know if it still exists, but yeah. it was there. <laughs> anyway, uh, back to helping. That's mm-hmm. what we talked about. We're uh-huh. going to talk about uh, the word help and how it's used uh, right. in a particular passage of scripture and how yeah. it. Uh, we maybe don't understand it the way we think we do. So we're going to get sure. into that in a little bit. Uh, keep you uh, on your toes. Right? Yes. That's a little cliffhanger, if you will. <laughs> dun, uh, but dun, first, dun. <laughs> I think you've got some... They're uh, so nervous right now. <laughs> some, oh, what's it mean to help someone? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I think you've got some news for us. I do have some news. Um, so we, on the podcast, if you will think back to days of yore when Patrick was here. Oh, it's hard to, hard to remember. I know. <laughs> it's been a while. Yeah. Have sampled Coke Starlight. We have. We have. I recall being the only one who was like, okay with it. Right. You were. Yeah. I think you actually took the bottle home. Um, no, I took it downstairs, but I, you know, I did drink more of it than anybody right. else. Right. Yeah. It counts. Um, anyway, found an article on CNN Business. Okay. Why Coca-Cola doesn't want to tell you what's in those weird flavors. Mm, because it's, it's chemicals. Disgusting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, oh, shoot. It wants me to pay for this. No, thank you. <laughs> I don't want to pay for <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, I'm not paying I want to get your yeah. secrets for free. And that's the news. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not paying for yeah. it. That's the news. All right. So New York CNN business. Coca-Cola famously won't tell you the recipe for Coke. Just basic Coke. It won't right. tell you the recipe. Well, that's like secret proprietary stuff. Right. But it's Plus also... Plus cocaine. <laughs> yeah. Well, not That was not back anymore. in the good old days. Oh, <laughs> when Coke was good. I right. Mean. <laughs> yeah. It's a whole like country song about... It's horrible about... When a dude was a dude and a, a prude was a prude. That's probably not the words. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Are you you're make, not following this at all, are you? Are you making up a country song right now? No, I don't think I am. I have zero idea what you're talking. I mean, granted, I am not a country listener. So, I mean, right. that's not my wheelhouse already. But, yeah, I have right. zero idea what yeah. you're talking about. Anyway, it's but talking sure about, like, I don't know, euphemisms and terms for things that sure. have changed. Yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Back when Coke was cocaine. Mm-hmm. And there's it's no line. longer, probably, that we know of cocaine. Right. So that we think. Right. Listeners, if you have any <laughs> idea what Elise is talking about, <laughs> feel free to <laughs> write in I'm, and fill us all in at beyondsundaypodcast at gmail.com. They know it. They've heard it before. Okay, well, send it in. We yeah, want to hear it. It's a country song. Anyway, it's also not about to tell you what it is in its new limited time flavors either. So they Does have, it tell you what's in other flavors? Like it seems no, like so you don't okay. know what's in Coke. Or vanilla Coke or... I mean, you would assume that's Coke plus Coke. vanilla. Yeah, but like what kind of vanilla? But what you know ratio? what the flavor is supposed to oh, be. Oh, I got too. you. Okay. So they've Starlight, also, it's like, I don't even know what Starlight's well, supposed to taste like. Well, over the last three months or past several months, they've uh, introduced three of those mm. type of flavors. So we have Starlight, which we've tried. Uh-huh. Bite, spelled with a Y, which I don't love. What? Like and, a computer bite? Yeah. Okay. And Dream World. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I'm getting increasingly convinced that there is Coke in Coca-Cola. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> think it might. And all the marketing are all executives on yeah, are taking it. Um, so for each of the limited time flavors, the beverage company offered high concept quotes, descriptions of an experience rather than specific flavors. This sounds like something that Ryan from The Office would have tried to sell us on. I know. Yeah. Coke, and they said. Coke Starlight's an experience. It's a multi-generational beverage experience. Right. That's what it yep. is. Yeah. For Coke, the mystery is the point. What? No. I, yeah, that has never been true of a soft drink that I have drank ever. Is so, yeah. So, so admittedly, like Mountain Dew, I don't know what Mountain Dew is supposed to taste like, but I remember loving that as a, as a high school. It's supposed to taste like Mountain Dew. Yeah, like mountains and... And dew. And energy and snowboarding, I think. I don't... Yeah. Pure caffeine. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, how is that different than Coke tasting like Starlight and Dreaming? Mm, I don't 
don't know. <laughs> so the global category president of Coca-Cola trademark, which apparently includes Coke drinks, but not other Coca-Cola products like Fanta and Sprite. Oh, just okay. for some reason, that was an important just detail. Just for Coke. I don't know. They said, we're engaging with people. They're interacting with us and they're trying to guess what's in it um, before it kills them of mysterious cancers. <laughs> I don't think people are engaging in that process. I think they misunderstand what people want from a beverage. I think we're frustrated. is, Or maybe we're Who's too we? old for you this. And, you and I are frustrated? We might be too old for this because it says they're actually uh, targeting Gen Z with this. Well, we're definitely not Gen Z. Yeah. We're definitely not. No. Yeah. No. I'll distance myself from Gen Z. Sure. Uh, both intentionally and, and by design. because I'm old. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but um, I don't feel like Gen Z is about this either. Like Gen Z's got legit concerns for the, the way of the world. And I'm not sure that. Yeah. Putting together the flavors of Coke Starlight or Coke Dream World, which, wow, Coke Dream World. Okay. Bite. Yeah. I'm just ignoring that one. I'm pretending that doesn't exist. Yeah. They said they're really trying to encourage consumers to debate. (laughs) Why? Why? (laughs) There's not enough to debate over? Like, (laughs) We clearly don't need encouragement to do that. We can get on and argue about the color of the sky just because someone (laughs) says they voted for somebody else. But that's... No, we need to debate. Right. What's Coke Starlight? So, apparently... The debate that is raging right now is, is it cotton candy, creamsicles, or bubblegum for Coke Starlight? We will never know for sure because Coke is not going to tell us what it is supposed to taste like. I have never cared about something less in my life. Yeah. Well, you're welcome for the (laughs) news. And I've cared very little about a lot of things. Right. This is CNN, by the way, (laughs) reporting on this. So that's where we are. I'm both not surprised and still somehow disappointed. You know, it may be a tad bit of relief that the political spectrum is not giving us enough to fill up the news right to mm-hmm. the point that we're talking about this is this is the joy Coke of the 24 starlight. hour news cycle is that now we get to know that people want to debate what's in yep. coke starlight yeah so thank you 24 hour news yeah you're welcome thank you coke starlight uh well hey we're gonna i don't know talk about something else now <laughs> yeah we're we're both mad about that and i am angry i know surprising. <laughs> why did this make me angry because oh it's dumb that's why. Rage. Yeah. All right. So we're going to talk about uh, the word helper. Um, in helper. particular, uh, how the word helper has been used to talk about women uh, in mm-hmm. a particular uh, script or passage of scripture. Mm-hmm. And so uh, this article comes uh, from Christianity Today uh, by author Carmen Joy. Hmm. I'm going to guess Imes. Okay. I- I-M-E-S. Imes. Imes. Yeah, maybe. Imes. Imes. Sounds good. Imes in the morning. Anyway, uh, I think that was a radio show. Uh, maybe I made that up. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> uh, she starts by saying that there was a LifeWay research study. Uh, yeah. No, right, we're boy. In trouble. <laughs> yeah. We didn't do the LifeWay research study. Right. Uh, which asked American Protestant pastors uh, if women in their congregations were allowed to take on six different specific leadership roles. So okay. are, are women- Allowed your, to take on. Yeah. Are women right. in your congregation Marty allowed to take on these roles? burst into flame. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and say that unsurprisingly- uh, <laughs> most uh this would probably line up with what we would expect to say a nine out of ten pastor said women could be ministers to children (sighs) committee leaders i don't know what committees but committee leaders ministers to teenagers (coughs) and or co-ed adult bible study leaders now i don't know if that means co-ed in the gender of the group or co-ed in that they have a partner leading with them i'm not sure what that means okay um but fewer than 64 uh, percent said that women could be what they classify as deacons this is coming from an evangelical background so you know being a pastor is just not even no a question, not on the right? table yeah, that's yeah. not that's yeah, not an argument we're gonna have yeah um but 
um, you know, they're sixty-four uh, percent that you're not even going to be a deacon, which would be um, not a deacon like we think of it in the ELCA. Um, even in the LCA, we don't actually exactly know what we think about deacons. I was we're working say, what, on it. Do we have deacons? We, we do. Uh, yeah. By and large, we don't know what we're uh, doing with them. They're very important and very wonderful people. We haven't really figured out how to best utilize their gifts. Do but we, okay, do we personally have deacons at Lord of uh, Life? So okay, uh, valid question. Uh, some people would say yes, we do. <laughs> um, but that is because we're using deacon more in the uh, language that uh, actually this article would be using deacon, which is <laughs> someone who uh, is a lay person who helps in worship and helps uh, with pastoral duties around the congregation. Okay. And historically, uh, Lord of Life had referred to those people as deacons. We no longer do that because of other language shifts that have happened. We now call them assisting ministers or okay. um, our pastoral caregivers okay. or things like that. Um, so we've kind of separated that, out those roles from deacon, which is a uh, now ordained position in the, oh, in the Lutheran church. You can be ordained yeah. as a deacon. Um, but that's a podcast for another okay. day. Anyway, sorry. these deacons would be people who have not gone to seminary, but are like leaders, helpers in the church. Okay. Sometimes they're council members, sometimes they're um, pastoral caregivers, things like that. Yeah. Um, so that's where a deacon would be coming from. So the ELCA, definitely not in this category. I have no idea if any ELCA pastors were even interviewed by Lifeway. Seems unlikely. Yeah. Um, but that's uh, <laughs> not how we typically uh, think of that process. So let me just ask this. Uh, are you at all uh, surprised by this result? No. Yeah. Me neither. No. Yeah. This sounds seems like right up our alley. Like this is kind of par for the course. I know. I would love to be surprised by something that comes out of the evangelical church. <laughs> or out of Lifeway research. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's fair. But so... Uh, 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 Carmen, I almost called her Bishop Carmen for some reason. She's not a bishop. You just wanted, I yeah, yeah, I wanted, wanted to add that I honorific. To, yeah, I wanted some honorific, but there's She's not. She's out there doing the Lord's work. She is. Uh, she uh, goes on to say the first part of the Bible, um, particularly talking about uh, the creation stories, Genesis mm-hmm. one mm-hmm. through three, um, are often looked to uh, as kind of paradigms uh, for gender roles. Um, this is uh, her argument, and uh, I, you know, I don't think she's wrong. I think this has been something historically no, we've looked I think to. You're right. Um, and we're gonna get into a little bit more of what that means. But right. I think first it would be helpful. To do a quick uh, review survey of creation stories in Genesis 1 through 3. Yeah, I so, mean, because I love to take my paradigms from theoretical fiction. <laughs> I'm not taking... I'm <laughs> Okay, yeah. let's back up. Back it up. <laughs> First, what happens First. in Genesis 1? God creates... The world. The world. Seven days of creation is yes. Genesis 1, right? And so we have that first creation narrative. Each day, God, is, or God says it's good. Mm-hmm. There's light. There's dark. There's water being separated yep. from land. There's plants. There's animals, trees. Day six, God creates humans. Uh, most importantly, uh, man and w- men and women are created at the same time in this version of the story. They're created together, and they're both given a dominion uh, to rule over the earth, like t- mm-hmm. uh, tame the earth and subdue it uh, and uh, have dominion over the fish and the birds <coughs> and the plants, etc. I think is the mm-hmm. language there. Dominion gets us into a whole other uh questionable area but that's a different podcast as well all right so that's uh genesis 1 through genesis 2 uh 3 okay all right so for some reason the people who were making the chapters decided to take the first three first three verses of the next chapter yeah i don't know things are weird anyway genesis 2 4 then picks up with uh, another account of creation and depending on which translation of scripture you're reading um they will either kind of subhead this and say another uh, version of the or another version of the creation story or another mm-hmm. uh a thought of creation or they'll say like you know creation takes form or like yeah so either they're going to think of it as a continuation of that first story or they're going to think of it as separate stories that are getting to the same point which is important for us to think about right um so starting in genesis 2 
uh, two verse four, excuse me, and then through the rest of Genesis two, uh, we get the Garden of Eden story, which is what yep. most of us uh, probably most commonly think of when we think of creation. All right? If, right. if we're thinking, hey, what's the creation story? In some sense, most of us are probably picturing, well, God creates stuff and there was a Garden of Eden and uh, those things happen, right? Yep. So in the Garden of Eden, some things for us to remember, um, God makes uh, what we might uh, more accurately call the dirt human. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, na- the name that we use as Adam uh, mm-hmm. is actually uh, the Hebrew word for human or mm-hmm. humankind or mankind, uh, historically translated man, but really refers to just a, a genderless human. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's from created out of the Adama. So it's the Adam created out of the Adama. It's the, uh, the human out of the dirt uh, or the dirt mm-hmm. human um, is where that really so comes from. So something from nothing, basically, is the idea. Well, not something from nothing. It's something from dirt. Yeah. Okay. That's like a human from... From dirt. Right. The point is <laughs> it's oh, something is it? from basically nothing. Yeah, but it's it's not. So, okay. Sorry. The specification is because in the first story, you get the uh, kind of question of is the world created out of nothing, right? Mm-hmm. In the beginning, God hovered over the waters is the beginning of Genesis 1. Mm-hmm. And so was there nothing and then God created or was there always something is the question that's brought there. Here, God creates out of something that very clearly was already there. The dirt was already in existence and right. God brought life out of that dirt. So I was not trying to be pedantic. I apologize. Uh, but that it, it was a distinction Thank that you. I was making in Thank my head. Thank you for the apology. Yeah. Do you stand in uh, <laughs> give me an ovation now? <laughs> yes. That's a separate conversation. Yeah. For another podcast, yeah. potentially. Yes. All right. Uh, anyway, um, <coughs> so God makes uh, the dirt human, hmm. places uh, the dirt human into the Garden of Eden. So uh, human is created outside of the garden and then placed in the garden. Uh, and God sees that the human is alone. And no helper is found Sad. among all of creation. All the animals come by. And we're, not, we're now referring to the human as Adam. And Adam names, you know, dog, cat, lion, bear, platypus, whatever. He I gets to name all the stuff. probably not dog and cat at that point. God, he, names, have those. he names all the things. All right. <laughs> whatever. Adam names all the things. Saying. We're not getting into the historicity of this. We're getting into how the story is told. He names all the things. Uh-huh. No helper is found among all of the animal kingdom nope. no suitable helper nope. and so god uh causes a sleep to come upon adam steals a rib because you didn't really need that one anyway apparently kind of like uh your appendix or your brakes on your car they're really you know brakes unnecessary they're just there for show huh. uh, <laughs> and then uh god uh, creates from that rib uh, a helper um and we hear that uh, it's uh, created bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh is mm-hmm. how adam refers to it and adam names uh this new being woman uh because she was created out of uh, man or out of human being. Um, and so that is Genesis 2. So those are kind of two uh, creation stories. Mm-hmm. And then Genesis 3 is where we get the fall. Um, and what's uh, classically the story of uh, Adam and Eve eating the fruit when they're not supposed to with the mm-hmm. serpent and getting kicked out of the garden and all of those things. Uh, Genesis 3, not really part of the mm-hmm. creation, um, but part of the uh, larger creation narrative, if you will. Yep. So it's not about how things are made. It's about the next step after things are made. How did it all go wrong? Right. Um, that's our understanding that we have there. So let's just stop there mm-hmm. for a moment. Thoughts, questions, reflections on that point. I mean, this is just kind of a top level overview of, of what those stories are. So yeah, anything there. I this can, You can <laughs> say no. It was a bad question. That's okay. fine. You can say no. <laughs> yeah. I... I guess I'm waiting until we get into yeah, okay. more like where we're going with this. Okay, that's fine. This is how I usually see you're on the other side, having not read the article. This is how I, I know. Usually feel. Yeah, it's kind you're of exciting, usually, isn't like, it? Waiting yeah. for something with bated yeah. breath. All right, so yep. 
Um, Christians have looked to the creation stories. This is uh, the author again in Genesis one through three as a paradigm for gender roles, as we discussed (laughs) the word helper from Genesis two verse 18. And let's just read that real quick here. The Lord God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper as his partner, right? That's the language Mm -hmm. that is uh, in virtually every English translation, right? NIV, NRSV, King James, ESV, all the letters, uh, almost all of them use helper. Okay. Okay. Um, So that uh, language has long been a hinge point, uh, the author says, in these debates about gender roles. Okay. So when you hear the word helper, what comes to mind for you? Well, to me, I hear partner, but I think that's not how it's been used. Sure. So So when you you hear it in the context of Genesis uh, 2.18 here, right? The Lord God said, it's not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper as his partner. How do you how do you hear helper in that context? Well, it's subservient to to some degree, right? Okay. Like that's he's gonna do the things and make the decisions, and somebody else is gonna help make that happen, right? Yeah. It's, rather than them also being the one that's doing the things and making the decisions. Sure. Right. Yeah. So. I think I think that's how most of us either intentionally or unintentionally read it, mm-hmm. and historically, uh, it's certainly been how um, churches have read it in order to support um, their own. <laughs> stance on keeping certain people in power and certain people out of power right i think that's um i don't want to say inappropriate i think that's a a common reading Mm -hmm. i think that you're uh you're coming at it from an honest place of saying this is probably how it uh uh, how it would be portrayed now let me ask you this do you think that that's what it means no what do you think it means what do you think that helper means i think it means partner what does partner well how is partner two people on equal footing equal footing okay yeah I'm going to say, and I say this because I was uh, a little bit uh, perplexed by her uh, argument here as well. I'm going to say that it's going to go even further than that. To say that the helper is not just on equal footing, but is, I don't want to say becomes the higher one, um, but has an elevated place beyond just being like an equal decision maker. And we'll get into why that is. But I think this really moves past even where you and I might have found ourselves originally with what oh, she's cool. going to present here. All right. Well, that's exciting. Yeah. Something new. Right. Something coming out. All I'm right, glad so, I didn't read this article. Yeah. It's a surprise me. <laughs> I'm trying to make it sound that's better why than I don't read. read the, that's <laughs> why I don't read the articles. That's why I can be surprised. Oh. Um, okay. So what if we got the word wrong is the question that's presented here. Yeah, what, 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 if we got, what if we got helper wrong? Um, the subservient uh, overtones that often come with it are nowhere to be found in scripture. And this is where we're getting into a little bit of Bible nerd stuff. So you're okay. just going to have to bear with me, but it's important stuff. Okay. Uh, a helper uh, is in fact a full partner in the work God assigned to humans. And we get that because uh, of all the ways that this word uh, are, is used throughout the rest of scripture. But first we got to lay a little bit of groundwork. Okay. So we started in Genesis uh, 2. 218 that's where the word helper comes okay so now we're going to flash back to genesis 1 26 to 28 all right so we're back in the first story of creation now how do you remember i, I mentioned this did you remember from our conversation a few moments ago how were man and woman created in the first story of creation on the sixth day on the sixth day god created them uh-huh. and saw that they were good <laughs> nailed it <laughs> nailed it did god create them at separate times or at different times at, no, that's the same. That's at separate yeah, times or at yeah, the same time? Yeah, I think time. you mean at the same time, yeah. which is how he... Yeah, God, it. yeah God creates them yeah. together, right? Male, male and female are both created. Right. Um, they're both created and they're both created in God's image. image yep. So male and female are equally bearers of God's image in the first account of creation. And male and female are told to rule together. Mm-hmm. Um, this is part of God's design and intention. So God says in this first story in 1, 26 to 28, hey, you two 
you beings, you're going to rule over the earth. You're going to have dominion over the animals, etc. But it doesn't say, hey, men, you're going to have, rule over the wor- or over the earth, and women, you're going to be the helper. Right. God says, you humans, you human beings, are going to do this all together. And so that's our first account: is that we get this idea um, from Genesis that God makes us both male and female. Um, she says, uh, the author, as the crown of creation. <laughs> okay. I know, right? <laughs> Um, so uh, we're not told to rule over each other. Teamwork instead is the model that is set forth okay. in that first story. Now we go from there and here's the man's problem. He's alone. As we talked about the man needs someone, uh, it, sorry, if the man, this is the author again, if the man needed someone to take orders, he could have chosen an ox or a mule. If he needed a shadow, he could have had chosen a dog, but none of them can help him carry out his responsibility as a full partner and none can hold him accountable to maintain the boundaries that God sets. Right, so none of the animals that God brings forth are a suitable partner. Right, and then we get the phrase "azer negido" or "azer neged." All right, that's the Hebrew phrase. It's two words, "azer" and "neged," which uh, translates directly uh, to a helper corresponding to him. Right, this is a weird phrase, but it's a helper corresponding to him. Okay, "azer" is the word for helper. Mm -hmm. Um, We're going to talk more about "azer" here in a minute, and then the "neged" or "negedo" is the corresponding to him, associated with him. Okay, Um, and so here's the the problem that we come in with. Right, there are two uh, kind of primary um, claims that we traditionally make about women based on these uh, based on this uh, text. First is that God appointed men to lead and have authority over women, Mm -hmm. and second is that women are made to support men's leadership. By following the men, right? That's that's the story we take away from God's account of creation of Adam and Eve. But the point of the story is not primarily the differences, but rather the similarities in how God uh, creates a woman out of uh, out of the man and uh, really gives them equal status before God. And so then uh, that's where we get this uh, idea of the neged, right? Mm-hmm. That the woman isn't just someone else that is next to she is really out of uh, adam right? The, right the the rib is taken and that's where it comes from and so it's uh, corresponding to him this help uh this help comes but helper is where i think the most interesting part of this uh, story happens right so the word azer uh, appears where does it go like 90 times like 90 times in the old testament hmm. um but never in its appearances does it uh, refer to a subservient helper or does it refer to us uh, uh, the work that like a slave or a servant would be doing? Mm-hmm. Um, Azer always refers to a help that comes to rescue you or help that God provides for Israel. So if you are <coughs> in a field of battle and you're losing and another, uh, what's it called? Like a regiment? Mm-hmm. That's a thing, right? It's sure. a military yeah. word. That yeah. sounds great. Yeah. Uh, another one of those shows up. They're your Azer. They're coming mm-hmm. to your rescue and saving you. When uh, when you're in the pit and you need rescued, God shows up as your Azer. In mm-hmm. fact, the last congregation that I served in South Carolina was called Ebenezer or Ebenezer, Ebenezer yeah. which means stone of help, right. uh, which is a reference for God. God is our Ebenezer. God is our stone of, of help that we turn to. Um, so throughout scripture, or throughout the Old Testament, I should say, Azer is clearly referring to uh, helpers who come not just to be a partner alongside, but to rescue and to save and to um, give you life in a way that you cannot have life for on your own. And yet, for whatever reason... <laughs> and here we are. <laughs> we look back at this use of yeah. Azer and we say, oh yeah, but th- this one, you're supposed to be subservient. You're, spo- you're supposed to be subservient to right. the male. So I'm going to just pause there for a minute because mm-hmm. I've thrown a lot of information out there. What do you think about this? What are your reflections as we're kind of diving into this a little deeper? I think it's really beautiful, right? Like the that is the original intention is even more so than just the yeah, hour equal you know yeah. it's more like this is a, a complimentary piece right mm-hmm. yeah, it's really pretty it's really nice to hear it pitched that way instead of 
you know, why you should be chained to the stove <laughs> for 12 hours a day. I don't know. Only 12? No, oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, right, there's 24 hours in a day, so. I'm, uh, that's progress. I'm sorry. That's, <laughs> sorry. That's that, terrible. I apologize. Yeah. That was not an appropriate joke. I, yeah, that was yeah. my bad. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I agree yeah. fully that this <laughs> understanding of Azer is, uh, <laughs> is a really beautiful understanding of what that is. And I, I do want to uh, clarify, right, this is not... Um, we don't want to use this to say like, oh, well, everyone then needs to be in a, a traditional, uh, you know, heterosexual marriage. Yeah. Right? That's that's the vision for every person. That's not what this text is saying right. either. But it is saying that men and women are created and have unique gifts that are mm-hmm. there to support one another and in ways that they cannot help one another on their own. Right. There, you know, we are humanity is meant to be partners together in this ruling over the, the earth and caring for the earth because we can neither do it on our own. Right. right. If we had a if we had a population full of men, we couldn't do it. That's for sure. And if we had a population <laughs> full of women, apparently we couldn't do it either. Though I think right. that's more likely than the other. Um, yeah. So it, we get this sense that we really it's a it's a need for one another, um, particularly of the the male saying, "Hey, this is my azer. This is the, right. the place from which my my life and my salvation are coming." Right. Which I think but it's is really maybe more about community, right? And our right. you know being intended to live in community than it is yeah. necessarily about gender. Or gender roles. Yeah, yeah, that's a lovely idea. Yeah. So where then do you think we get this idea that it's supposed to be all about hierarchy? Like if you have 90 appearances of this word in the Mm -hmm. Old Testament and these two appearances in the beginning of Genesis are translated in a different way than any other, or at least I I shouldn't say translated. They're translated the same. They all say helper. Right. But they're understood in a different way than any other passage. Right. How do you think we got to that passage? If you were just like brainstorming, how do you think we got there? Men. Okay, maybe a little bit more specific. Right. Yeah, <laughs> how, so how did I, men arrive at right. that conclusion? There, I don't think you're wrong. It's just how did we arrive there? Have you ever listened to the Liturgist podcast? Uh, I have oh. not. I've yeah. heard of it, but I'm yeah, not. they're I'm pretty not. interesting. Yeah. I am not. I am not really a big podcast listener to begin with. It's just wow. I know. Do you even listen to our podcast? Sometimes, <laughs> not really. Maybe an embarrassing admission given the genre here, but yeah. they're pretty interesting. I've listened to a couple of them. Okay. Um, they did. A, a podcast series about sort of tracking because a lot of them they're scientists they're anthropologists okay. they're yeah, yeah. people of faith people not of faith kind of varying faith background it's very interesting uh, but they track like civilization basically mm-hmm. and how we got to uh, the relationships that we see today like sort okay. of traditional relationship structures how that changed over time that sort of thing. So what you see is in the beginning of civilization, you have sort of hunter-gatherer stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Then you start to move into farming and civilization, and that's yep. really where marriage starts to crop up, sure. right? And it's more becomes more about controlling breeding rights mm-hmm. than it. I mean, there's a lot it, of it becomes a property issue. It becomes yeah. a property issue, yeah. right? So I would say somewhere in there, in mm-hmm. that time frame, is probably when we started having translation issues. Would be my guess. Well, so. I'm going to argue that we didn't have translation issues until long after that because that was probably around for a long time before this was written. Right. As far well, as we definitely issues. had understanding issues. Sure. I think <laughs> we've long had understanding issues. Right. Yeah. But again, I mean, there's parts of the world were isolated at that point in time, yeah, right? Sure. In a way that they're not today. So, yeah. like, I don't, I don't, I'm not a historian or an anthropologist. So I don't know that much about mm-hmm. the way that um, civilization and the marriage and that kind of stuff sort of spread out over time or you know written history or oral history like yeah. how that traveled around you know the middle east or wherever at that yeah. point in time um but i would say that the issue of women being viewed as subservient kind of very clearly crops up around the time that you switch from a hunter-gatherer society to 
a civilized society. Sure. In certain cultures, right? And, right. and, and certainly in the, right, I think in, in the ancient Near East in particular, which is the region that we're talking about, yeah. that would have been the norm, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Vastly different with Native American cultures, which is sure. really interesting. I did a couple of classes on that mm-hmm. in college, too, and also Southeast Asian. Yeah. Um, but this famous one right. that we are following <laughs> this particular, particularly this particular one. with the Bible. Yeah. So yeah. the other piece that I think informs mm-hmm. it, I, I think the anthropological piece is really important, but mm-hmm. uh, the piece that we're thinking about here, you know, if we're looking at it from a scriptural perspective is that I think we read Genesis three back onto Genesis two, right? So Genesis three is the story <laughs> of the fall. Right. And so we read the <laughs> fall and we see, okay, in the fall story, yes, God says, you're going to, you know, what, what is it? Like your longing is going to be for your husband or something like that. Mm. I don't remember the exact language that God uses. Um, but that's all a product of humanity not choosing the path that God desired, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so the question that we then ask is, do we want to live as Genesis 3 people who are living out saying, oh, yes, the best way for us to live is the way that God prescribed <laughs> us to live after we fell made, and chose what God didn't want us to <laughs> yeah. do, right? Or is the best way for us to live to aspire for a pre-Genesis 3 world in which we yep. um, lift up and celebrate this partnership and this uh, saving uh, saving relationship with one another, which uh, it allows us to do more than we could do on our own. And yeah. I think that's, for me, where the hinge point is from a scriptural interpretation, right? I, th- yeah. I think anthropologically, yeah, you're right on track. Like, that is the kind of development of right. human history. But as we read back on it now, do we want to read it and say, oh, well, Genesis 3 is the best that we can aspire for. Right. So everything that happened before Genesis right. 3 is what God intended. Right. Or do we say, no, Genesis 3 is a result of us screwing it up. Right. Like we, right. we pursued something that was not the heart of God. Right. And we screwed it up. And so now God's saying, okay, well, this is because of Genesis 3, this is what's going to happen. Right. But we can, through the grace of God and through uh, the death and resurrection yeah. of Jesus Christ, we can aspire for something beyond that. We can right. aspire for a Genesis 2 or even a Genesis 1 uh, life in which we're uh, aspiring for that kingdom. Uh, in which all are part of the body of Christ, in which all are uh, yeah. in that place. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, theologically, <clears throat> that is our justification for it, right? Yeah. But it goes hand in hand with the anthropological piece of it, mm. too, because we're using that to justify things that we already know that have been in place for, you know, thousands of years at this point. What do you, what do you mean? Because we look at that and we say, ah, yes, obviously women should still be subservient Oh, yeah. because look here it is in Genesis yeah. three, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. We, we use it to say, look, <clears throat> women are supposed to be subservient because God said so. Right. It's, <coughs> we look at it and we say <clears throat> it's women's punishment. Right. Which is, this is also a bad reading of Genesis three, but we look at it and we say it's women's punishment. <laughs> and so now they have to be <clears throat> subservient to men. Right. And so as men, we really should ask ourselves, well, do we want women to be subservient because it's their punishment? Right. Or do we want to, allow ourselves and women to be set free in the grace of God and live into a Genesis two world in which we're, you know, living in the full partnership that God intended us to be in. Like, do mm-hmm. we want to hold someone in the punishment that it was set before them in sin? <laughs> Whether or not that was what it was, right? Right. Do we want to hold someone in that or do we want to allow people to be set free into the grace and love of God? Yeah. I personally want to allow people to be set free. Yeah. Right. Now I also think that it's a poor reading of Genesis three to say, oh, it's the woman's punishment to be right. to be subsur- I right. don't I don't think it's punishment so much as it is consequence. Right. I think I think that Well, yeah, I mean even that too, like that list of consequences doesn't even really make sense from a modern perspective either. It's, it doesn't. Sure. This is like, it's not really true across the board. What do you, what do you mean? It's not true. Across the board? It's Say the more whole thing that. about, you know, more pain in childbirth, yada, 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 like, like that. I mean, it's, I have it's not, not been detailed for childbirth. Yeah. I've heard it's pretty <clears> painful. <throat> it's not like a walk in the park, but that's true across most species as well. Like it's not just people mm. that it's a difficult process to produce more of ourselves right it's 
this. I'm trying to be like really <laughs> Very high tactile. level language. Thank uh, you. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't, I don't disagree with that, but I do think the question theologically is a, I mean, you had a population who was trying to understand why is childbirth, uh, painful, right? You know, you had, you had a population, like, I don't, yeah. I have no idea if elephants think to themselves, why is po- childbirth hurt so much? I don't know if elephants are thinking that, I, but I imagine there's pain involved in that for them, but I don't know if they have the conscious thought to think about it. Right. Right. Humans have the conscious thought to ponder why is this thing painful right why is the why is the natural process of us what's the word i'm looking for uh progenerating is that a word did i make that up i think that's right reproducing yeah that yeah. Is, <laughs> why is the natural process of us yeah. uh moving our species forward mm-hmm. why is it a painful process yeah and so there is an element of people trying to understand why that would be painful and so there's an element of well we have we put in explainers into the story and th- right. this happens throughout genesis and throughout other um ancient near east and other ancient cultures uh, creation myths right mm-hmm. that's part of the process um, but I think what we see unique to the creation story in Genesis, right, is that that was not the intention. Mm. And so we, we it, it may be a false assumption, but the assumption is that pain in childbirth was not the intention, but as a result of us choosing a path that was not God's path. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, again, it's the same it's the same idea of, you know, why is uh, why is it the, the man's job? This is again, Genesis three. Mm-hmm. Why does the man have to toil and work so hard if we're supposed to have food and God wants to produce right. abundance? Why then do we have to work so hard to get the crops to grow? Well, because yeah. we've chosen not to pursue God's vision for life. Right. Yeah. And, and and because we've done that generationally throughout history, this is the result that keeps getting passed down from generation to generation. And so how do we step out of that path and live a new life in which we go back to that Genesis, Genesis yeah. two vision in which in the garden, right, the world produces in abundance without Adam having to do anything. Right. A- Adam's there to tend the garden, not to labor in the garden. Yep. Um, and uh, Adam and Eve are there to be partners and helpers for one another, not to be subservient to one another. Yep. The subservient nature, the servant nature, the pain nature, that all comes out of Genesis 3. And so do we want to be a people that lives out of Genesis 3? Or I personally would re- much rather be a person that lives out of Genesis yeah, 2. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, you know, obviously I can't make pain and childbirth go away. And I can't make uh you know crops grow more easily right Right. i can't do those things um but i can try to live a life that is more in line with god's vision for the world and Mm -hmm. i think that having women along my side as full partners and helpers and saviors beyond myself Mm -hmm. i think is a a critical part of that component yeah sorry you seemed like you had more you wanted to say no i'm just yeah okay preach Mm. yeah get it he for she um so uh (laughs) what (laughs) like a whole uh like charity thing he for she it's like men advocating for women oh because okay. we need more men <laughs> to you know do what, those things. you know what women need <laughs> it's a man's point of view women need a man to come in and tell them no. uh, how to do things better no. okay so uh, let me ask this how do you think uh we can accomplish this what can what can we do to practically uh take <laughs> steps to help uh see men and women as allies in the work that god designed for yeah, us to do because what uh what the author i'm going to give you a minute to think about that question while i oh, keep rambling okay um but so uh, you know the author argues that rather than those two pre- preceding points that we had mentioned we want to flip those points and say god appointed men and women to lead together and women are made to support men's leadership by leading with them yeah and so yes there's a there's a support role but it's a support in leading with it's not yeah. a support in subservient to right um, and so how you know what do you think like practical steps are that we can take and not even necessarily like in reforming the church like right. I, I think that we could definitely talk that but sure from a practical standpoint of let's say we want to take our faith beyond sunday morning let's imagine that <laughs> yeah. for a moment yeah uh, what what might we do in like our day-to-day life to live in a genesis 2 world yeah i mean i think you have to change the narrative right and that mm. does not happen overnight sure. like, that's a really long process i think that's been ongoing for 
generations. Yeah. You know, I mean, you have the suffragettes and, you know, God only knows what before then. Again, I was homeschooled and it's all a blur <laughs> in between Hitler and George Bush. <laughs> I, really, I really wish we had a tape of your uh, hmm. fifth grade history class. I, yeah. My parents did a wonderful job. I'm sure just, they did. <laughs> <a> disclaimer. <coughs> On George Bush and Hitler. They, yeah. I mean, we they, they really it. hit all the high points, yeah. I feel. Um, <laughs> you like how I justify my lack of knowledge. Mm-hmm. It was great. Yep. I was homeschooled. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it, it's a long process and it doesn't happen overnight. And maybe listen to the women in your mm. life, support them. Yeah. I, I think changing the way that we approach a marriage partnership, mm. a heterosexual mm-hmm. marriage partnership is really critical. I, yeah. I think I'm really lucky to have a spouse that is incredibly supportive and, you know, I am able to have a career and, and a family in the same way that he's able to have a career and a family. And not mm-hmm. everybody gets that, right? Like, and that's not to to downplay the choice to <clears throat> to not have those things or to have a more, you know, historically traditional marriage relationship. Like, that's yeah. also fine if that's what you want. Sure. You know, but for so long, women have been sort of <clears throat> put into these boxes of, okay, like, this is your path here just because mm-hmm. of your gender. Whereas with men, maybe you have that. Maybe you feel like you have that. I think by and large, it's more of a you get to decide what you want to do based on your your position in life, you know, what opportunities you have, what your skill set is and that sort of thing. We're not really afforded that same path. Yeah. Yeah. So I would like to change that. Yeah. You know, I think, uh, you know, from a practical standpoint within you know our community of faith, right, rethinking these texts mm-hmm. would be really appropriate. Uh, and, and yeah. a simple step for us to take, right? Like she, uh, the author, uh, offers some alternatives to help her, um, noting things like necessary ally or essential partner mm-hmm. um, as uh, different ways of translating that. And I think even just having that kind of in the back of our mind as we read these stories or other stories, um, as we're talking to our uh, elementary school, Sunday school classes, right? Mm-hmm. Saying like Eve wasn't just created as, as a helper. Eve was mm-hmm. created as a necessary ally and talking yeah. about what the ally does or, yeah. or saying Eve was an essential partner to this, pro- right? And, yeah. And celebrate like that's it's not changing the story. Yeah. It's highlighting a particular piece that has been um, not de- not deleted, but has been uh, ignored yeah. or yeah, um, brushed over. Perhaps is a better way to say that. Um, the other thing I think, and this is particularly for for the men in the audience, I think this is something that we can do. I think we have to take responsibility for how we look at and view the women in our life, mm-hmm. and I think that we have to take steps to see the women in our life not just as What's the best way that I want to say this? I don't know. Um, as more than just as more than just someone that's in, as more than just a woman in our life, as more than a sexual being, as more than a as more than a, a person who's there to help me. Like we have mm-hmm. to take responsibility for um, lifting up the women in our life and lifting up their roles of leadership and getting out of the way, mm-hmm. right? And, and um, you know, a, a couple years ago, um, at a number of bishops' elections around the ELCA, there was an intentional move by some. Uh, male clergy who were being nominated for these positions to step aside from the process so that more female candidates could be um, could be elected. Now uh-huh. that has ups and downs, right. and you know we've seen some of this play out in perhaps a less uh, less beneficial way out in right. the Sierra Pacific Synod, which we've referenced briefly on a previous podcast, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so we or st- we still need qualified people in leadership, right? Uh, but we can celebrate uh, women's gifts in leadership more intentionally and we can raise those up and, mm-hmm. and we can give people a voice, right? We can yeah. stay out of the way so that people have a voice. Right. I um, mean, what does that look like for us? And it takes intentional work on part of us as males in the world to give space for that and to right. not 
um, to not uh, just use our voice all the time. There was a, a fascinating uh, app that came out when I was in, I think I was in seminary. Maybe mm-hmm. I was an internship. I don't remember. But it was basically a button on your phone. And you'd push it every time somebody different talked. And you would either push a man was talking or a woman was talking. Uh-huh. And, and you just quietly on your phone, yeah. just kind of tapping your phone as you went through. Um, and then it would tell you at the end of the meeting how much time a male was talking, how much time <laughs> a female was talking. And you could like do quick math of like, okay, that's like... 20% of the time yeah. and women are 75% of this room and right. why are women only talking 20% and right and so you know things like that and being aware of that dynamic in a, in a conversation yeah. that we're in is yeah. important and um, I don't want to say that women need men to make space for them but men need to shut up so that, <laughs> so that there's space for women it's yeah. helpful to be able to have the floor yeah. I also think you know the ways that we socialize our children are really mm. important too because yeah. a lot of that like a lot of women stepping back is because we've been socialized to do that right yeah not necessarily intentionally by any one person or mm-hmm. anything like that mm-hmm. but it, it is a thing like i have a seven-year-old daughter and i'm always Who's trying lovely she's, she's lovely she's, she's awesome she's a chatterbox she's so smart chatterbox uh, is putting it mildly she yeah <laughs> she's yeah she's a lot and i love her um but she, i'm always trying to find like cool like adventure dynamic characters for her mm-hmm. for kids stories that are girls yeah i cannot find it and it drives me nuts and i think about what i grew up on right which was indiana jones Mm. and star wars and all that and it's all male centric and the people that we show our kids who are dynamic well-rounded flawed still doing cool things Mm -hmm. are men or boys yeah you know and that it's kind of messed up like yeah i I mean it's messed but it's also not surprising right? right and so how do we uh, move forward into a world in which that's not yeah the, that's not the only path yeah which is not to say that you know we can't also have those characters yeah. but we need to make room right, for other for, characters yeah. right yeah I remember when uh, they said they were gonna have the first female James Bond I was so mad yeah I was like I do not want James Bond to be a girl right I want my own character yeah who is just as cool as James Bond if not cooler so have you, have you seen it. No, I haven't seen it. So she's not she's not actually James Bond. Oh, she's not. She's a double O. Okay. And she takes she takes over the double O seven title, mm-hmm. but she like her name is not James Bond. Right. But it's know. still the same storyline. Like we well, took yeah, this, I mean, and we're like, oh, this works for men. Let's just rip it off, and it's now a woman. Okay. I mean, like, like I'm all for original yeah. storylines, but I'm all, I also think she's pretty awesome. So right. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. She, yeah. yeah. But I mean, even like with superheroes too, we get like sure. Supergirl after Superman was yeah. a big deal, and sure. Catwoman after and a lot lot of those are just created as you know sexualized beings that you know yeah (laughs) absolutely there was some weird study that was uh like this is gonna be way off topic but some study about how what was it the the best way to describe this the volume of Wonder Woman's chest shall we say and how it had like increased over time like proportionately (laughs) to like yeah it's disturbing and just and just how we depict that in story form as well like so even those characters that you're like oh here's a strong powerful woman well what is the model that be, is being set forth yeah. there and is that yeah. the model that we want to set forth and yeah. is it a model that we say yeah that's really in line with this supporting of genesis 2 where these people are coming together to have the best for one another yeah let me tell you as a parent the best i've been able to do for my daughter is amelia Earhart. Hmm. that's like the best i've been able to find yeah. and <laughs> she like, gets lost in the and her yeah. navigator's drunk and flies her into the middle of nowhere so we think womp womp we don't even know yeah but she was pretty cool she was she was pretty cool and there are lots of other like cool women out there that Mm -hmm. we just need to just need to highlight and make space for yep all right anything else no i love this conversation i think it's important azer 
Yeah. Not a helper. Well, a helper. Just a helper, not, but not, not a, a helper. helper. Like, <laughs> a helper, not like we think a helper. Yeah, not yeah. hamburger helper. Hmm. No, hmm. not that. You're not hungry for hamburger helper. I'm not. It's true. That's, that's nasty. I might be hungry. I'm not hungry for hamburger <laughs> yeah. helper. Yeah. You made a face like, hmm. Just because I was thinking, it was, yeah, it was the food face. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, thank you, listeners, for uh, bearing with us in this conversation. We're a little off the rails today, but we uh, are thrilled to have you here with us. It's my fault that we're off the rails. Mm. It's fine. I know. I know where I'm at. Uh, we will look forward to seeing you here uh, next week on Beyond Sunday. <laughs>